Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're here. We've made it. The NFL season has started. It's so weird sitting here. One of these great teams, Rams, Bills. It's hard to believe one of them is already, they've already got a loss on the season. Oh, it just feels so real and it just feels so right. And it's one of the things about as Bears fans, you know, we've spent the summer collecting receipts, making notes like Ryan Howard in the office when he returned. And he's just like, you know what? We're keeping notes. Dan Orlovsky, we've got you. Lewis Riddick Jr., we got you. Brian Baldinger, you know what, Brian? You're a, you're a real one. Oh, don't think that it went unnoticed the other day that you were on NFL Network. Talk, saying great things about the Chicago Bears. And I listen, do I want to think that I had some influence on that? That our time spent together this summer, perhaps, led you to believe that perhaps maybe the Bears are going to be better than people think. But check it out. All that talk doesn't matter. Games start this weekend. And Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Pleased to have you with us today. By the way, quick reminder for anybody in the Chicagoland area. AM 1530 WCKG is the Chicago home of the Sick Podcast every Friday, 2 p.m. Central. You can listen to the Sick Podcast, followed immediately by Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, the no-name pod, a cover two of Bears coverage like no other. And we will both be getting you ready for the start of the NFL season, which is actually underway. Rams, Bills, Thursday night amazing just amazing to have football back so we're pleased to have you with us on the sick podcast by the way uh coming up later on in the show we're going to have the vp of marketing from trophy smack kelly singh is going to be rejoining us we welcome her back to our show we're going to be talking some fantasy football we do know on tuesday night we got we got a lot of fantasy questions we didn't get to answer hopefully we'll get to answer that and speaking of answering questions we're going to find out a little bit more about the Chicago Bears this weekend, playing one of the best teams in the NFC, a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year. So I thought it was important to, once again, bring in an outsider, uh, bring in somebody to give a little perspective on this week's opponents. And we've got, listen, we've got one of the best in the business. We have one of the beat writers for NBC Bay Area. She's a proud alumnus 
of the University of Southern California. She's a Pilates instructor. And you all know that I'm a huge wrestling guy. She was a part of the Women of Wrestling. I don't know if you remember that series. It was a great series. And I think it's still going on now. As a matter of fact, AJ Lee, uh, April Mendez, as you would know her now, she's one of the executive producers. So uh, the Women of Wrestling is cool. She, uh, our guest played Jade in that series. It was awesome. So please welcome to the show. For the very first time, Jennifer Lee Chan joining us all the way from California. It's early in California when we were recording <laughs> this, just to pull back the curtain. Thank you so much for uh, for being with us today. No problem. That was quite the introduction. I don't usually get the, the wrestling talk at the top of the show. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it's important. Well, you know what? I, I know a lot of times people will be, you know, put flippant things in their Twitter bios. And you know what? I knew that there was for, oh, we have a mutual friend, Justin Hathaway, who was yes. at one time, both of our bosses. Um, we had talked about this before. I said, oh, can Jennifer come on the show? And he's like, absolutely. I'm like, can I talk about the wrestling? He's like, please don't. But I'm, I'm going to do it anyways, because I can't stop <laughs> myself. Um, but you do great work for the, uh, the NBC Bay Area. Um, I enjoy it. I wanted to ask you, though, what has the summer been like with this quarterback drama that has happened in the off season. Has it been fun for you? Or has it been exasperating? It's been interesting. I mean, this team is completely fascinating. Everything that's going on from Trey Lance being in his first year as a starter to Jimmy Garoppolo, not knowing what his future has been or going to be. So it's been incredibly interesting to watch. I'd rather do this than be covering a head coach or GM search. So I much prefer this unique, very interesting. And I just, I mean, you've talked to I talked to guys who have been covering the team for decades, and they're saying that this is one of the most interesting off seasons that they've ever covered. Yeah, you know what? Famously, Joe Montana, Steve Young, like that was one of the biggest quarterback controversies, perhaps in NFL history. Right. Uh, so to have this one playing out again, both guys maybe not to Montana and Young's level yet, uh, at least not at this point of their careers. I think that's fair to say. What has it been like though? Because it's it feels like any time there is a young quarterback. We saw it in Kansas City. When Patrick Mahomes was ready to take over, they got rid of Alex Smith. When Dak Prescott was ready to get over, uh, Tony Romo retired. You know, you don't usually keep a veteran quarterback around. Were you kind of surprised that Jimmy Garoppolo not only is still with the team, but was given a no-trade clause? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I think, though, you look at what's happening in the league. Mitch Trubisky didn't play a game last year, and now he's a starting quarterback in the league. So maybe that's the same path that Jimmy Garoppolo goes. One thing about Jimmy is that everybody in the building loves him. So no matter mm -hmm. what is happening, he can step into any locker room at any time and instantly be appreciated and respected in the locker room. He's just one of those guys that kind of earns that respect very quickly. Same thing happened when he came to the 49ers back when he first started mid-season. Instantly, though, he was like the hope of the 49ers. The mood in the building changed. It was just like not necessarily a messiah coming in, but it really was like this breath of fresh air coming to the 49ers. And you could tell in the locker room, you could tell in the building that this guy was the guy that was going to take the team deep into the postseason. And that's exactly what he did when he was healthy. You know, and you say that he's very popular. Is there awkwardness? Is it weird having him around? I mean, I you can like him, but at the same time, this was a guy who led the 49ers to two NFC championship games, including a trip to the Super Bowl. Is it weird? Like, is it just, is it, it's, I don't know, because sometimes, Jennifer, it just feels like, you know, you're dating somebody new 
and you're like, hey, why is your ex-boyfriend crashing on the couch? Is there any sort of awkwardness <laughs> like that? I mean, not from what we've seen so far. I mean, he gets along with everybody. I think the the test is going to be when and if Trey Lance struggles, they know what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. He's taken to them, like you said, to the NFC Championship twice in the last three years. And if Trey Lance struggles, when that does happen, what's the dynamic then? So that's where the challenge will lie. And how everybody handles it is really going to be the test. So we'll see what happens because, you know, when a guy is taking over, you've seen it with Justin Fields. He's going to have some ups and downs. It's not going to be a beautiful season throughout. He's not going to win every game and not throw an interception at all. There's going to be struggles because it's his first season as a starter. So how everybody, and not just Trey Lance, but how the entire roster handles it will be very interesting to watch. Yeah, what do you get from Kyle Shanahan? Like, Because it is weird because the, at least the Bears, and again, and again, they got rid of any sort of competition. We love Trevor Simeon, but like he's, he's not a threat to, to start over Justin Fields. The Bears are also in another position where it's like they're building. They're building the foundation for things to come. The 49ers are a Super Bowl contender right now. How quick of a hook do you think that Kyle Shanahan could have if and when Trey Lance struggles? Kyle Shanahan, I got to say, since he's been in the building, has been as honest as possible with everybody from outside media to inside the media. Players talk about how they respect him so much because it doesn't sugarcoat anything. So when he says that he's going to let Trey Lance be the starter and really Jimmy Garoppolo is only going to come in if there's an injury, I tend to believe him because he has been so truthful for his whole time at with the 49ers. So I believe that's what the case will be. They're going to let him, you know, have his ups and downs. And as he struggles, I think they're going to keep him out there. I don't think that it's going to be this, oh, he throws a three pick game and then they pull him and put Jimmy Garoppolo in. I think it's really only if there is an injury. This is the quarterback of their future. They've got to have him go through all the growing pains and the learning curve of being out there. So I think that's what they do. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a tough balance for Kyle. We love him. I've always been a big fan of Kyle Shanahan ever since he was an assistant coach, you know, with his father uh, working his way up through the NFL. So, and again, he's earned that credibility. He's always, he's always done right by us. I know as a fantasy person as well, you know, it can be annoying with the way he deploys his running backs, but you still know what you're getting with Kyle Shanahan. And he has obviously done a great job for the 49ers. Now, as we're recording this right now, we have not seen practice on Friday but we do know that earlier in the week, George Kittle uh, missed time on Wednesday. What's his status for this week? How's it looking? Is he going to be ready to go on Sunday? We'll see. Yeah, he didn't practice on Wednesday. It is a groin injury that happened on Monday. So Kyle Shanahan said his play on Sunday is in question. Not sure whether he's going to be available or not. That is a huge piece of the 49ers offense. But you also look at the offense and you see so many weapons. So you still yeah. have Debo Samuel, you still have Brandon Ayuk. The running backs are all pass catchers. So I think Trey Lance will still have a great supporting cast out there. I think what everybody's talked about, the weakness in that 49ers offense is the interior of that offensive line that just has not been out there with a lot of experience so that's where kind of like I don't know I want to say that it's a a weakness but definitely an unknown an unknown at the right. in the interior of the offensive line yeah I mean still a Super Bowl contender but it's fair to point out mm -hmm. that if there is one and it's not a big weakness but yeah and they were you yeah. know they were very effective running the football last year I remember in the game against the Bears I think they scored on every possession if I'm not mistaken ran the ball at will a big reason why was Debo Samuel now, during the offseason, he had a, a not a holdout, but there was a he wanted a new contract, eventually got it. 
one of the points of, of emphasis, I guess to say, was that he didn't want to run the football as much as he did last year. Is that something that was solved with the new contract? Like, hey, we gave you a lot of money, go back to running the football, or are we going to see him running less this season? I think they're going to use him as they need. And I don't think that Debo Samuel has put any parameters on his usage. Really why it happened in 2021 was a need because the yeah. running back group was so hurt. So they didn't have a running back. And so they did use Debo Samuel that way. He was willing to do it. And I think, you know, everything he said from Super Bowl through the whole contract negotiation time up into training camp is that he will be able to be used as you know, any way possible. He's one of those guys that's like, just give me the ball. That has not changed. So I think that they'll use him in multiple ways, but I don't think they're going to use him as much as a running back to start unless it's for need. One thing about being a running back is they take so many hits. He's so valuable to the offense. They don't want him to take any more contact than necessary. So I would think that they don't do it at the start, but I mean, anytime he's on the field, you never know what he's going to do. So there is always that possibility. Kyle Shanahan loves to scheme up his offense that way. So I would expect him to be taking the ball as a running back here and there. The, just the threat of Debo. You know, it's like if the Uso brothers are in the ring and Roman Reigns is outside, Roman doesn't have to do anything. He just has to be out there looking threatening. And I think that's the thing about Debo is just that in the back of your mind, you know, at any time he can take the ball and run with it. And by the way, and I do want to point this out too, and I think this is important that Debo during a contract negotiation said that I don't want to run the football when he was on the field, he did whatever they, they took. So I always, I always, I always caution people, not you, but like other people, like he's not a bet, like it's not complaining or anything like that. I think it was, that's, that's the dangerous thing. Cause he is so good. And I, I'm so fearful of him. I'm like, you know what, Kyle, if you don't want to run, like it's a long season, don't feel like you have to run Debo at all. But like you said, like just the threat of it is always looming in, in the back of our minds. And that's one of the things about the 49ers. So many great offensive players, Brandon Ayuk, as you mentioned. So it'll be interesting. How is Eli Mitchell? Is that going to be the guy? Is he the running back? I, I'm selfishly asking for my fantasy team, but is Eli, is he going to be the guy running the ball? I think so. But like you said earlier, you know, Kyle Shanahan goes with a hot hand. So cool. if it's another guy that's taking the ball and running well, I think that's who gets most of the carries. It's been Elijah Mitchell. It's been Jeff Wilson Jr. It just depends on which game. I mean, George Kittle had a game where he had over 200 yards. So whoever's got that hot hand, whether it's a receiver or whether it's a running back, I know that makes it very frustrating for <laughs> any fantasy owner that has a 49ers right. player on their team because you don't know whether they're going to get the ball that week or not. But that's one thing I've discussed with a couple people, just colleagues. Are there enough footballs to go around to all the skilled players on this offense? Because there are so many. I mean, even beyond that, there's Juwan Jennings, who's been great on third down. Yeah. He's been a goal line receiver. Uh, they've got, you know, Jordan Mason, who's an undrafted free agent running back, who's been really great on third downs and, you know, short yardage. So there's a lot of weapons out there. Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, ah. you can go down the list and there's a bunch of guys who can carry the ball and make plays. Use check. Oh, I, I love I love him and and I'm also annoyed by him. Like he's a, <laughs> a great player. You love use check. You love the name. Everything about him is great. So offensively, they're looking good. How are the 49ers stacking up defensively? I do know that similar to the offensive line, they got a couple of questions on the defensive line. Uh, you're still waiting for Kinlaw to develop. How is the defense looking? And Javon Kinlaw looks like a completely different player than he did when he first came to the 49ers. He came during that COVID year, so he didn't have a chance to be able to work out. He has reshaped his body. It used to be I would walk past the defensive line at practice and I'm like, oh, there he is. 
Now his body style is so different because he's leaned out. I was like, where is he? Oh, okay. Ah. Now I can see him. And he is ridiculously ripped now, still a huge guy, but I think he's feeling so much healthier. His whole mood, his whole aura is so different now because he had that second procedure on his knee. So he's not living in pain anymore. He used to just, you know, adjust his play because he didn't want to have at, to feel that pain or as much pain in the knee. So now without that, he's a completely different player. He is, I mean, he's going to be scary on the interior of the offensive line. And then they also have Asan Ridgeway taking the place of DJ Jones, who went to the Broncos. So I think in the interior of the defensive line, they're really stacked. And then of course, Nick Bosa, I, do I need no. to say anything else? No, you don't. <laughs> no, they're good. This is going to be, and you know, for a bears offensive line, uh, that is starting, you know, three guys who are drafted in the last two years. It's going to be quite a test going up into that 49ers. What have the what have the 49ers been saying about the Bears? What is the feeling? Now, obviously, last year, the 49ers beat them. The Bears, during the offseason, a lot of people think they're the worst team in the NFL. What's been the vibe in Santa Clara? What have they been saying about the Bears? I know they got to say the nice things. What's the vibe you get? Do they actually, do they respect the Bears? What's going on there? I think they always do. I think that's part of that trickle down from Kyle Shanahan. You know, he never wants guys to get too high or too low. And really the locker room is like that. And, you know, especially being the first week of the season and that Justin Fields is a little bit more mobile. I think the one thing that they have had problems with in the past is with a quarterback who is mobile. I'm granted he's not Kyler Murray, but any guy who can move around kind of dodging in the pocket. I think that presents a problem always, especially in week one. And then also take into account that Jimmy Ward is going on IR. So he's on IR for the first four weeks. So the safety combination is unknown at this point. They know, but they haven't told us who's starting next to Talano Hufanga. So that might be, you know, a, a point of where they, the Bears can take advantage. Uh, but Charverius Ward, it'll be interesting to see, you know, that was their big free agent pickup. So the cornerback situation is great. Emmanuel Mosley is healthy. So that's going to be a challenge as well. So for Justin Fields, it'll be interesting to see how they piece it all together. It'll be their first game with that new combination out there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, it, it's it's such an interesting, such an interesting game because obviously, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, both drafted in the same class. Justin, of course, or I think it was Darnell Mooney was like, I'm glad the 49ers passed on him. Justin's glad too. I think everybody, you know, personally, you know, we were happy. Everybody's everybody's like surrounding their guy, which is the way that it absolutely should be. And it's so For fascinating sure. to watch the 49ers because, you know, they're a Super Bowl contender, but they have a second year quarterback that they hope can take that league, that that leap. So that oh, so much intrigue going on. Now, Jennifer, I know that when we brought you on, when, when we were hanging out in the green room. You said, like, I, I don't like making predictions or, or anything like that. You're talking to the guy who infamously said the 49ers were going to go 3-13 and the first time they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, listen, you can't, you can't dodge predictions. We're going to have to make them. So, I'm asking you, and there's a lot, again, it's so difficult making predictions, number one. So many unknowns going into week one because – the quarterback situation, is it going to rain? So many things going on, but I need a prediction out of you. I need to know which way you're leaning, what you're thinking. You can use, listen, if you want to, if you want to lean on your, I, I know you're there in Santa Clara all the time. So if you, your bias shows through, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold it against you, but let's get a prediction for this coming game. You know, just because it's the first week, I think 
guys are trying to get their chemistry together, working together. It's, you know, the beginning of the season. I'm going to go for a close score. I think both offenses are going to be somewhat productive. I'm going to go 24-21, and I'll let you guess who will be the team with the, with more points. So Jennifer Lee Chan is predicting the Bears to win 24-21, <laughs> which was exactly the score I have. I, I just hope, you know, like, when, I hope you're just not, you know, currying favor because we're a Chicago Bears podcast. And you're like, I'll say nice things. And then you go on Willard and Dibs, and you're like, oh, the 49ers <laughs> are going to smoke these fools by 48 points. We don't want any sort of situation like that. But it does seem like, again, with so much stuff going on, that it it, it should lend itself to be a close game. So I, I kind of agree with you. What are uh, what are some of the ways that people can follow your work? I think that it's it's important to keep up with what you got going on. I, I keep up with you because, again, I draft way too many 49ers in my fantasy league. But can you tell everybody how they can keep up with you during this season? Absolutely. I'm at Jennifer Lee Chan on Instagram and on Twitter, both of those. Uh, lots of 49ers content, information. So, yeah, both of those. All right, Jennifer. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. You're very gracious with your time getting up early on the West Coast. We appreciate that. And uh, thanks again. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Maybe if, maybe if the two teams meet up in the playoffs, uh, we can do that again. Or else if I need you for some more fantasy advice, I'll do that as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. There she goes, the great Jennifer Lee Chan. A great opportunity to go in there and study a little bit up on this the opponent this week, the San Francisco 49ers. And by the way, I, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but like Jennifer Lee Chan, I also live in California. And as you know, we have all sorts of issues out here in California. This morning, when I was taking my daughter to school, my car was covered with ash from nearby wildfires. And those are just a few of the air quality issues we got deal we got to deal with out here. Wildfires, dust, pollution from car emissions, and now COVID cases are spiking once again because the kids are back in school. There are more virus particles in the air now than ever before. And listen, I spend a lot of time indoors. So I recently acquired an air purifier from Air Pura to help me and the family breathe easier. Oh, you want that peace of mind. You want to feel good. You don't know. We're all going out into the world. We don't want one of us to come home, unbeknownst to us, have COVID, and spread it to the rest of the family. That's why we went out there and acquired an air purifier from Air Pura. I implore you to do the same. All right. Now, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, please comment sick. Uh, if you're listening on audio, please leave a five-star review and write sick. We appreciate everybody who has done so already. We appreciate everybody who joins us each and every day. And we're going to continue this trend throughout the season of bringing in a little bit of insight from outside, uh, from outside of our from our from our world, just to get a little bit of a perspective. So we appreciate Jennifer waking up with us here this morning and doing that. But I did want to take a time. And talk a little bit about the Chicago Bears and get a little bit more Chicago Bear focused. Now, we've talked about at great length about how the receipts are piling up. Like, we've got receipts for days of people who have disregarded this team. But again, it's so much of it is drawn on what happened last year. Now, you might or might not know, but as a, as a member of the NFL Network, we get a research packet. Each and every week, every Tuesday night, it drops. I wait for it. It's like back in the day. You kids don't remember this, 
But back in the day, they used to release CDs on a Tuesday night. I was uh, I was in junior high when Guns N' Roses released Use Your Illusion. And, oh, had to beg the parents to take us to Tower Records at 9 for this C- epic two CD drop. Now, we get this research packet from our great research department and a lot of next-gen stats. And I was looking through it, and it's always interesting. And I think a lot of things that people are looking at uh, for the upcoming week and for the upcoming season is a lot a lot of the, the, the notes that we got this week were stuff that were based on last year. Now, going through it right now, Trey Lance, one of the things that he was very good at was deep throws. Last season was one of the better quarterbacks when throwing the ball deep. His passer rating was up. He was able to connect. And we're talking about air yards, too. It's not like he was throwing dump-offs to Debo Samuel or anything like that. He was actually going out there, slinging the rock, throwing it deep. Of course, the 49ers have an offense that's predicated on establishing the run. That is one of the things that, you know, as great as they are throwing the football, and at times they are very good at throwing the football, it all is predicated from the rushing attack and getting those teams to respect the run. So I was looking through our research packet, and I'm going to go over a couple of notes right here. And by the way, my computer just froze. So, But some of this, listen, I got this. I've got this committed to memory. Um, I did want, to, did want to share with you. But yeah, so Trey Lance has a passer rating of 131.6 on deep passes in 2021. He led. He had, a third, he had the third highest deep pass rate uh, in the NFL. And here's the interesting thing, and this is one of the things that people use to kind of discredit the Bears, is the Chicago defense allowed a passer rating of 122.5 on deep passes in 2021. And deep passes, of course, being a pass that has 20 air yards. And so a lot of times we look at the research and people, and I've, I've heard people on other shows talking about this, that, oh, the Bears are so vulnerable. They gave up so many big plays last year. They did this and they did that. And you're like, yeah, that 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 was last year. That's that that's yes, that was last year. That's why this team went out there and acquired or drafted Kyler Gordon. That's why they drafted Jaquan Brisker for these very reasons. And I think that's one of the things that I don't like about doing predictions and research at this time of the year. Like, yes. The Bears were not great last season throwing the foot or defending the deep pass, which is why they addressed it, which is why that they used those two second-round picks, which is why a lot of us were sitting here on draft day upset that the Bears were not drafting George Pickens or were not taking somebody like Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs or somebody like that. They instead wanted to fortify this defense and – stop teams from throwing the ball deep on them. And plus, uh, there's there's a new head coach. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people seem to miss. And it's, you know, it's one of the reasons too, you know, like I was reading a column, the power rankings column from our, from our colleague, Dan Hansis, who, and I thought about bringing him on the show today, but listen, here's one thing about Dan that you need to know. He thinks that Aaron Judge is, should be the American League MVP. So already, his his judgment is not sound. So I I don't necessarily need his opinion on that. So when he comes out and he's and he and he put out in his power rankings, he said the Bears were the 
the the worst team in the NFL. Oh, they're the worst roster, which is nonsense. Unless, of course, the Jets, Seahawks, and Falcons were relegated. Were they? I don't know. I, to my knowledge, and Sammy, break in here if I'm incorrect, but uh, to my knowledge, those three teams are still in the NFL. So it's impossible for the Bears to be the worst team in the NFL. I would take the Bears quarterback situation over any one of those threes. Um, you got Joe Flacco in New York. You got Geno Smith in Seattle and Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. Already, the Bears are not the worst team in the league. And again, this goes back, and I understand what Dan's doing. Dan Hansis, what Dan Orlovsky, what, what all these guys are doing. And again, and I've mentioned this time and time again, they were like, the Bears are an easy target because our fan base just leans into that stuff. Oh, you say something bad about the Bears, we're going to show it. We can't let it go. Like, I don't know if it's a Chicago thing or not, but you say something about us, we're going to call you out on it. We're going to show up. Those other three teams I was talking about, they don't care. Like, the Atlanta Falcon fans are already worried about SEC football. They're more worried about Georgia. Georgia just beat the Ducks. There's nothing. Like, if you say anything bad about the Falcons, they're like, oh, whatever, look at the Bulldogs. Look at the Bulldogs, national champs. They don't care. The, the Braves, World Series champions, they don't care. So it's not, it, you get no currency by writing a story about the Atlanta Falcons. You also, you, 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 your television producers will tell you, like, I don't care. Like, don't say the Falcons. Nobody cares. They don't move the needle. See, Seattle fans, they don't care. They're all worried about their, their stupid baseball team, Jamie Winker and his 15 minutes. What's that, Sammy? Oh, Jesse Winker. I've already forgotten his name. He's that insignificant. And who is the other team I was talking about? The Jets. The Jets fans are dead inside. And by the way, Dan Hansis, also a Jets fan. So he's not gonna he's not gonna rank them as the worst. So a lot of this stuff, and again, just just keep in mind who's saying these things. And like Mike Martz, like Mike Martz came out and said, Oh, the Bears offense is the worst that I've ever seen. Yeah, Mike Martz also took a look at Greg Olson and said, Nope, this guy can't work in my precious offense. Oh, my offense is too sophisticated for a guy like Greg Olson, who went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Carolina Panthers. The only opinion I want less than Mike Martz would be getting parking advice from Cade McNam. A dated, a dated reference, of course, but the real ones, no. There's somebody in your car right now, like perhaps if you're driving around Chicago, listening to us on AM 1530, who understands that WCKG is the Chicago home of the sick podcast every Friday, 2 p.m. Central. You pop for that. Oh, you pop for that joke. Like, I remember Cade McDown. My dad is still of that. My dad is a UCLA fan. More Northwestern. But once we moved to California, gravitated to UCLA. It was like, ah, okay, he knew. He knew that was a bad pick. Oh, he was so upset when they made the pick. He's like, this guy. It's like, Adam, let me tell you something. I saw him fold against Miami in that game that could have sent them to what would have been the Rose Bowl to play Tennessee. They would have been national champions, but they played an extra game. Cade McNown failed. Uh, the defense sort of failed. They couldn't tackle Cleveland. It wasn't Cleveland, Gary. It was Edron James. But in any event, neither here nor there. Here's my thing is let's not worry about what people are saying about this team because it, in, in a matter of hours, 
Uh, none of that's going to matter. We're going to know. We're going to know a lot about this team. And if the Bears win, we're going to start. We're going to. We're not going to play all the receipts. And if the Bears lose, we're going to be like, well, it's a building process. Let's keep it moving. But in any event, exciting times with the Chicago Bears coming up this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. Huge thanks to Jennifer Lee Chan for joining us here, being a part of the show. And, of course, on Tuesday night, if you missed the Take It to the Rank with Mark Willard and Carmi V, I implore you to go check that out. That conversation was lit. was really good. Jennifer did a great job as well. So we've, we've done really well with our guests. And we already know our next guest is an MVP. So, Sammy, why don't we go to the aisle? Fantasy Island. Welcome to our Fantasy Island. Oh, thank you so much for that for that intro. Why am I thanking? For the animation, Sammy. You do such a great job. I don't think I thank Sammy enough. That animation is great. But right now, we're going to be bringing in a friend of the show, one of our favorites. Uh, she is one of the brightest minds in all of fantasy football. She is the VP of Marketing for Trophy Smack, and she's joining us here today. Please welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, Kelly Singh. Kelly, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I hope it isn't too noisy. Um, I'm actually having blinds installed. Surprise this morning. <laughs> Hello, blinds being installed. You also, you know, for those of us who are listening on the radio, uh, AM 1530 WCKG, and don't get the visual, Kelly is being held hostage somewhere. Blank wall. What is going on? Can you not? I understand the blinds are being hung. Can you not hang a poster? Um, I mean, I haven't, I've only lived in this studio for a couple months. I guess there could be a poster at this point, but there's not. I don't, listen, we, we plan on having you on this show quite a bit. So listen, go, go, listen, you live, you live, I, I don't, I don't want to say where you live, but I will say you're in the city of orange and there's a place called the orange circle. If you're a big fan of the movie, that thing you do, they film scenes there. There's like a million thrift stores. And I know there's a store that sells move, old movie posters. So get out there and get one. With that trophy smack money, you're just throwing around town, going to O'Hara's, running up huge tabs. But listen, fantasy season is upon us. We have one game in the books already, or depending on when you're listening to this, but one game in the books already. How excited are you for the fantasy season? Are you ready to go? Are you overthinking things? Um, I'm always overthinking things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm overthinking things, but that's all right. It's part of the game. Let me ask you this off season, you know, for whatever reason, I was getting randomly drawn pick 1.02. And at some point this off season, I was really huge on Christian McCaffrey that switched to Justin Jefferson, just because I wanted to, you know, I wanted a little diversity in my fantasy portfolio. Who has been your biggest ride or die, a guy that you have had on pretty much all of your rosters um, this offseason? Well, it's any tight end, really. But I will go with uh, quarterback Jalen Hurts. I got so much flack last season for having a lot of Jalen Hurts. And then by the end of the season, they realized, hey, um, this guy scores points. There's some chatter here, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he scores points. He's running, he's 
worth it. So that's been one that I loved last season. And it's been harder to get a hold of him this season because everybody caught on. Yeah, the ADP kind of shot through the roof. He gives you the nice rushing floor. Who are some other quarterbacks that you're looking at that, and I know people have their drafts already done, but if you're playing DFS or anything like that, who are some players that we that we need to look at this week? Okay, well, quarterback's tough, yeah, because everybody has pretty much their starting quarterback, but here's something I found really interesting as it relates to DFS. Lamar Jackson's priced incredibly low this week, um, especially on DraftKings. When I look at the competition, the other big names, I believe it was like 7-6 or something stupid yeah. like that, where everybody else, if you don't play DFS, a comparison would be around 9. So Lamar Jackson, I thought would be obvious, but it's apparently not. And I think that's crazy considering the matchup this week against the Jets. They're, Lamar should be able to run circles around them. Um, other quarterbacks, if you need a streaming quarterback for whatever reason, don't overlook Jared Goff. I know it sounds silly, but he's got great protection. And the, the Lions are really uh, ramping up this year. So don't overlook Jared Goff if you need to stream a quarterback this week. Uh, too late. I've already overlooked him. And I've moved <laughs> on to other people. I will point out, too, I, I love Lamar Jackson this week. Obviously, you got to – it's a little bit – like you're talking about the Joe Flacco revenge game because he's going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. But you're like, Lamar Jackson's going up against his former mentor. You know, it's like uh, Johnny Lawrence going up against Terry Silver. Like there's, there's a rivalry built in. I don't know if there's heat between them or anything like that, but you're going up against the former guy that you replaced. There's a little bit of uh, extra motivation. And last season, the Jets allowed the fourth most rushing yards. Uh, so that, you know, and Lamar Jackson gets a lot of his points on the ground. So I love that pick. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Love the Lamar Jackson thing. Let me ask you, though, I want your opinion on this. I've been looking at Trevor Lawrence this week, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The last four times that Doug Peterson has gone up against the Washington squad, uh, his teams have scored over 30 points. And Trevor Lawrence, to me, like people kind of forgot, like, oh, yeah, he's good. We've been watching him since he was a freshman at Clemson. I really believe that, you know, if you have that extra roster spot, like maybe, like what if he has a Justin Herbert type breakout game? Like I think you need to add him before the week starts because you don't want to be sitting there on Tuesday morning being like, now I got to give up fab or waiver position or something like that. What is your feeling on Trevor Lawrence? I think this is going to be a good year for Trevor Lawrence. Just like you said, people forgot that he's actually good. And with the addition <laughs> of, uh, you know, new players He's going to be even better. He's got new weapons. It's. I think it's time. I think it's time too. I. I love it. And uh, you know, I always. You know, I always. I. I feel for our friends down in Duval County. I think they're good fans. That they get. They get a lot of unnecessary hate as well. So I think there's like a little bit of a kinship there between us and the Bears fans. What about the running back position? I know. I'm just prodding you. I'm just prodding you for information. I need help filling out these lineups. I'm going on to underdog trying to fill out a lineup. Who should I be looking at for the uh, running back position? I think we may have talked about this before last time I was on, just out of speculation. But if you don't have one of the big names, 
we're talking JT, Eckler, Cook, whatever. Um, how about A.J. Dillon? Because a lot of people overlook A.J. Dillon in favor of Aaron Jones. But if you were yeah. to look at their statistics side by side, essentially they're the same player. It just so happens that Aaron Jones made some more spectacular, more visible plays that created more hype around him. But however... If we're talking about touches, yards, fantasy points, A.J. Dillon is a strong swap for one of these bigger names. I really like him. I also really like Melvin Gordon for this week. I know he's older. I know he's injury prone. Say what you will. But if you're seeing this prior to the game. They're facing Seattle this week, and Seattle has a terrible run defense. So I would expect Melvin Gordon to play well this week, and not only because he's an excellent running back. We can't overlook the fact he's Melvin Gordon. He's yeah, elite in his day, right? Um, no. We can't overlook that. And the fact that um, we have Russell Wilson facing his old team and he's going to use every opportunity to pull out every trick in the book to win. No, that's a that's a huge thing. I'm glad you brought up these two players specifically, because I think that there's a there's a there's a direct correlation between the both of these. Now, number one with A.J. Dillon, I got to the point in some of my drafts where I knew that every everybody knew that I loved Aaron Jones. So he started going ahead of me. Like we were doing an, we were doing a, a league with the NFL Fantasy Live guys. Every player that I've been talking about for the last three weeks went off the board super early. In my league of record with my friends that I grew up with, super early. I got to the point where I was happy to allow Aaron Jones to be overdrafted because I just waited and took A.J. Dillon. And then coming out this week, Alan Lazard, his mispractice time, and again, I don't have the I don't have the Friday practice report in front of me, but we'll go and look. We'll see what Alan Lazard's status is. But the thing is, he missed time this week. There is no Packers receiver on that roster right now who had more than 600 receiving yards last season. This team is going to run the football, and AJ Dillon is going to be one of the best, one of the biggest beneficiaries of all of that. Similarly, the head coach of the Denver Broncos came from that Green Bay system, which last year produced two running backs who had over 1,100 scrimmage yards. Now he's going up against the Seattle Seahawks, and the big name is like Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell Wilson's out there. He's, he's facing his former team. Seattle's terrible. Russell Wilson's not the kind of guy who just wants to go out there and drop six touchdowns. Like if, if this was a situation where Aaron Rodgers was facing the Packers, oh, he's going for six touchdowns. Russell Wilson just wants to win. He's a cornball. He doesn't care about any of that. He's going to allow Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, both of them to eat, going up against a team that allowed the most fantasy points to running backs last season. I love both those players. And they're so cheap if you are doing daily fantasy. And if you're just playing season long and you have them on your bench, get them in there. Do what you got to do to get them in there. 100% 100% agree. I guess the last one, I don't have tons to say about running back Chase Edmonds, but I will say that the Cardinals don't get any respect. And once those players leave and go to another team, all of a the sudden they're becoming this, 
you know, household name. Chase Edmonds isn't necessarily a household name, but they gave him a huge contract in Miami. And I expect to see great things from him. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah. You know why he got a huge contract in Miami is because Mike McDaniel loves to run the football. I mean, we, we saw it during the offseason. Everybody loved talking about Tyreek Hill. Oh, what's, what's Tyreek Hill going to do with Jalen Waddle? Here's a throw from Tua Tungavailoa that we could dissect over and over again that some poor kid in the social media team should not have been putting out there. But the fact remains, this team's going to want to run the ball first. And I don't know how effective they can be this week against the New England Patriots because we feel like their defense is going to be good. As big of a mess as the Patriots' offense is, the defense is still pretty good. There should be no questions about that. But I think Chase Edmonds is one of those guys that we look at uh, over the course of the season that you look back and you're like, I'm so glad I drafted this guy. Did you get a lot of shares of him? Not a lot, but I've got plenty. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what Mike McDaniel does to the offense. And you know what? And it's a thing, too. Like this week, we got Mike McDaniel going up against um, – Bill Belichick, which a lot of times rookie, rookie head coach, first time out of the gate, going up against Belichick, just feels like a recipe for disaster. But at the same time, we've seen Bill Belichick's teams slow play themselves into seasons. Like, oh, there's so much going on. I don't know what to do with Chase Edmonds. I want to start him, but then I don't. I don't know. I don't think I don't think you've helped, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. You're you're helping. What about the uh, what about the wide receiver position? Who are some of the guys we're looking at? Okay, wide receivers. Obviously, you're going to play your your cup, your Jefferson, your Diggs, your Chase. But what about Amari Cooper? He's developed Ooh, what a great relationship with Brissett. Hold on, I think he's going to use the screwdriver here in a second. <laughs> Let me see how noisy Uh-oh. this is. <laughs> like the electronic okay. screwdriver. Oh, there it is. You know, let me say a few words. If he's still doing, no, just go. We're fine. <laughs> okay. I really um, apologize. So, no problem. Amari Cooper, he's developed a great relationship with Brissette. He's going to be there to bail him out if things go sideways. And look at that mute button action. Look at Cooper you. has mute. amazing hands. He is the guy that's going to catch anything that's thrown at him so they have this chemistry if Brissett's in trouble he's gonna be looking for Amari Cooper for sure um and then wait wait hold on I'll stop you there no I love that pick I've seen a lot of um I think we were talking about it on the NFL Fantasy Live on Wednesday I think if I'm not mistaken Michael F. Florio had Amari Cooper as a sit I go the I'm with you I go the other way I look at what Amari Cooper did when he arrived in Dallas like what a comforting presence he was for Dak Prescott and his development. In addition to that, I also look at this game and I think game script, I think that I think the Panthers are going to end up winning this game. And I think that the, the Browns are going to find themselves in a situation where they have to throw the football. And when you're throwing the football, you're going after Amari Cooper. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like I said, he catches like everything. It's like he's Velcro. Um, the other wide receiver I really like, you don't have Devonte Adams. Okay. I hope you got some Hunter Renfro because he's going to see some action in this week. I'm not saying season long, but this week they're facing the chargers. The chargers 
have some injuries going on, which leaves them weak in their defensive areas. And that opens up an opportunity for Hunter Renfro, who loves that long ball. So I am excited to see what happens there. Not saying he's your WR1, but toss him in there. No, I like it. You know what? Hunter Renfro is another one that people are trying to avoid this week. And it, like you, I'm going the other way. Like I, I just, especially, you know, if you look at the Vegas numbers right now, if this game is not the number one game for total points, it's pretty close. And I think over the last, I think it's six contests, these teams have averaged close to 53 points per game. There's going to be a bonanza of points. If there's, um, if there's any side to be scared of, I, I think the Raiders defense has improved by bringing in Chandler Jones to go along with Max Crosby. I know, you know, the, the Chargers made a big acquisition to get Khalil Mack, and maybe this is one of the games that he shows up for this season. And I know J.C. Jackson, I've seen this play before. When Malcolm Butler went to Tennessee and was an utter disappointment, the fact that you are all just counting on J.C. Jackson to be as good as he was in New England – I think it's going to end up biting you. So I'm I'm not a, I'm not afraid of any Raiders receiver. I'm with you, Kelly. <laughs> yes, um, I don't see why we should be afraid of it. I think he's going to be great, and just like he always is, he just fills in that utility spot. I think he does what he's supposed to do, and that's what I like about Hunter Renfro. Um. Right. We're talking about tight ends. <laughs> Wait, look, may I ask you, uh, may I ask you one question? Because one receiver I seem to get a lot of all over the place. And people are like, oh, he's great. This is going to be an, an ideal situation for him. What are we doing with CD? I mean, obviously, if you drafted CD Lamb, yeah, you play, you, you don't have a roster that where you can bench it. Over the course of the season, should I be worried about I, – I just don't feel great. Like, I have CeeDee Lamb, way too many spots. I don't feel great about it. Am I wrong? Am I not seeing something? Am I, am, I, am I misconstrued here? I'm actually really glad that you said that because I also have that same feeling about CeeDee Lamb. He uh, is somebody that's so appealing and the numbers look so good. However, it's just – is he going to get hurt? Is he going to drop it? What's going on with C.D. Lamb? And does he have a good rapport with Dax Prescott? I just, I can't figure it out. It's like this puzzle. Yeah. That, that, again, I was hoping that you were going to make me feel better about this. Uh, but you're just, you're just, you know, making me no. fearful even I'm more so. Same. And I see him go so early in the draft. And I'm like, am I missing something? I don't know. I, I thought he was so exciting last year, but then it wasn't that exciting. No, that is my, oh my, I'm so concerned about it. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I, but I also sometimes pivot off players that I shouldn't. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just wrong. You know, the, the, the consensus of the fantasy community seems to be of the belief that he's worthy of a top 12 pick. All right, I'll give him a shot. I really should have gone with a second running back, but you know what? I'll live and learn probably. So I'm glad that we're both in the same boat with CeeDee Lamb. What about some tight ends? I know I cut you off. You had some tight ends to uh, to, to, to give us. You know, with tight ends, I think it's pretty much 
your your top guys, your usual suspects. And I want to throw out there somebody for this week in particular and probably the whole year, Albert O, who we also discussed last time I was on with you. Um, Russell Wilson is going to be targeting all of his receivers this week in particular. And not just that, Albert O is a good player. And I think yeah. he's really going to shine, and I'm super excited to see it. We need some new life in the tight end room. I mean, there's always uh, Schultz, I think, with Dallas, is going to have a great opportunity this year as well. And you can read that in every analyst article i don't see any reason to disagree although when i see that much hype i get concerned but i don't see a reason to be upset about it or disagree in any way but albert O, I think is my very favorite play for this week oh you love albert akuya Bunum, and you know at some point you'll you'll make the leap in saying the name, and that's fine. What about our guy? Are we playing Cole Komet this week? Can I play him? You know what? I would play Cole Komet this week just for the fun of it because there's so much disdain. You're either on Team Komet or you're not, and uh, I have plenty of shares of him just out of spite, so I want to see what happens this week and this season with Cole Komet. Oh, my gosh. I love spite players. Players that you just pick out of spite. I feel like Kirk Cousins is a little that way. I have, and, but, you know, over the last couple of drafts, people have been snaking Kirk Cousins for me, and I'm upset. Yeah, I think if you have Kirk Cousins, it'd be in a stack. I don't know. Are you grabbing him just on his own out of spite? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I, I am a big <laughs> believer. Listen, I'm a big believer for whatever reason in this in this uh, offense of the the Minnesota Vikings. And everybody is now accusing me of being a Vikings fan. But honestly, I want the Vikings to score a lot of points and go four and 13. Let's just talk about the bears. This like this little bonus part of the podcast uh, to send us home uh, to be talking about, you know, cause you, you follow football. So, you know, you know, football, but let's put this in a little bit of fantasy context. How are you feeling about Justin Fields as a quarterback, whether it translates to fantasy points or not? How are you feeling about Justin Fields in week one? I want to feel good about it. Okay. I think he wants to show that he can play and he can play. So as long as he can go out there and not have the yips, I think it's going to be just fine. I think He's talented. He's he can do this. Maybe that's just the mom in me. <laughs> like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. But don't you think like? Do you feel the same way about Trey Lance? Because I think Trey Lance has yeah. as many questions, and he's got all the pressure of taking over a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. I have no idea why so many people feel so confident about Trey Lance. Honestly. I have the same exact vibe. I want him to do well. I want to see him succeed because who doesn't like a good story like that? But yeah, there are way too many unknowns. Oh, I, I love the fact that every, you know, we were on the show the other day and everybody's like, oh, start Trey Lance. Make sure you're start. I'm like, 
I don't know why you guys are so weird, weirdly confident. And if it's because, and, and again, earlier on in the show, I think you were in the green room when I was going over some of the stats from last year, from a team that was completely different. We didn't have the coach. We didn't have a lot of these players. Like, it's a completely different team. And you guys are just out there like, Dude, here comes Trey Lance. Like, he's going to – it's not Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow went out there and excelled at LSU. He was a recruit to Ohio State. Trey Lance went to North Dakota State, barely played. And, you know, it was a COVID year and everything like that. You guys are weirdly confident in that for whatever reason. Uh, let's talk about the captain, though. The honorary captain for this week for the Chicago Bears is David Montgomery. And we love the clip of Matt Eberflus talking about the captains. And by the way, Dan Campbell is an entertainer. Like he's, it's, it's good television. When I watch Matt Eberflus, I still like, it's not the clown show that Dan Campbell is, but it's like, I get fired up and I love talking and I love listening to him talk about it. So the fact that David Montgomery is a captain this week means a lot to me. How do you feel sitting there in not Arizona, but in Orange, California? How do you feel about David Montgomery? Is he gonna have a is he gonna have a big game? I have plenty. If you're just tuning in, I'm having blinds installed this morning yeah. and it's an exciting adventure. But um, David Montgomery, I Adam, I'm so amazed. David Montgomery, I think, is going to have a good year. I have plenty of shares of him. I think he's an excellent um later mid-round, I guess a D mid-round pickup. Yeah. Um, and that's one you shouldn't skip on. It's definitely on everybody's queue, I would hope. Very much. I, I agree with you. And listen, I know you've got the blinds. We appreciate you making the time for us here this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to plug Trophy Smack. Is it too late? So the season started. I know your 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 big period's gone. Can can people still uh, is it too late to, to get involved with Trophy Smack? No, it's never too late, um, especially because we have some exciting new offerings coming later this year that don't necessarily have to be a trophy to commemorate a team or a league. We have plenty of things that you can do to celebrate everyday occasions and um, just be on the lookout for that. It's pretty exciting. And if I may... Maybe yes. I'm allowed to do this. Okay. Um, I am recording the sick podcast with Kelly Singh today about the Cardinals. What? No, you're not allowed to say this. They're not going to come up here and, <laughs> and promote a rival podcast. How dare you? Is this for Cardinals. real? You're using this time, this yes. valuable time, this valuable piece of real estate to talk about the former Chicago team, the Chicago Cardinals, who played their games at Comiskey Park, where my dad used to go. He's like, it was too hard to get tickets for Bears games. I had to go to Comiskey when they played the Cardinals. But tell us a little bit about the sick podcast, Arizona, talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, we'll be talking about the Arizona Cardinals. I don't have a guest this week, but I will be there getting you hyped up for week one. I'm an Arizona Phoenix native and was super excited when the team came to Phoenix. They've been the um, Phoenix Cardinals and now they're Arizona Cardinals. And we have plenty to talk about with Kyler's new contract and injuries 
and yeah. all kinds of exciting stuff. So I can't wait for the season. And I noticed you had the blinds and ball installed now. Not when you're doing the Arizona podcast, the sick podcast with Kelly Singh, talking about all things Arizona. Again, okay, so that's what you got to do. You got to go down this uh, this 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 week, go get some some wall decorations. So next time that you come on to talk fantasy, uh, you'll have some Arizona stuff behind you. Maybe go get a nice Jake Plummer photo. Pat Tillman, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, going back to his time at ASU, I've written about it. If you go to my Twitter page, I have a pin story about uh, my brief interactions uh, with Pat Tillman, but we're very excited to have you a part of the Sick family. Not only as one of our fantasy experts here on the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, but also as part of the Sick Podcast Arizona. So we're we're super excited about that, and uh, I want to thank you for your time. Tell us once again how we can follow you on Twitter. There it is at Kelly in Phoenix. If you want to follow her on Twitter, but Kelly, thank you so much, and good luck with the new podcast. Thank you. And you know, I did not schedule this on purpose. I know you didn't. You would never do that. You would have sacrificed your own show before you would have put us in mortal danger. So I appreciate you. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'll talk to you a second in a green room, but uh, I'm going to get you out of here. Get get out of here, Kelly. There she goes. The great Kelly Singh. Uh, big thanks to everybody who joined us here on the Sick Podcast today. Of course, we had Jennifer Lee Chan, uh, the former wrestler, talking about the San Francisco 49ers. We had some great 49ers talk this week. Bears 49ers talk this week. Listen, we've gone over the Bears enough. It's good to get a little insight into our opponents. And, of course, Kelly Singh, who will be joining us throughout the season periodically. Uh, we had her. Hopefully, we'll get Sammy Praviti back on the show real quick. So we'll always have a, a, a trip to Fantasy Island for you each and every week. So I hope you appreciate that. We'll help you get your lineup set. But that's going to be it for, for what we got going on Like un, until Sunday, you know. Oh, so much. Oh, by the way, before I forget, oh my goodness gracious, I should have mentioned this. Rip Beer Company in Southern California, Rip Beer Company in Huntington Beach, the location on PCH, that is going to be the home of a Bears watch party this weekend. If you're in Southern California, Rip Beer Company, Huntington Beach, get there around 10 a.m. for the game to start. We're going to have a, a television on that Bears 49ers game. Hope to see you there. Until then, bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.